Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Great to see all of you here for the last week of this sermon series. And and what we're doing, what we've been doing, is combining a parenting sermon series with a financial sermon series. And we've been calling it Teaching Kids to win with money. Because if, if, if we want our kids to win with money, then we need to model that for them and teach that to them because family of origin is the primary indicator of how you will handle money throughout your lifetime. But it's, it's not just money. Family of origin determines almost everything, not just your, your financial health, but also your spiritual health and your relational health and your physical health and oftentimes even your mental and your emotional health, even your values and your beliefs. I mean, what your family believed is very likely similar to what you now believe. And what your family valued is likely very similar to what you now value. And and what your family celebrated is likely very similar to what you now celebrate. But we've also acknowledged in this series that nothing is set in stone. Though we have said you reproduce who you are and you cannot give what you do not have. And your family of origin is the primary indicator of your financial future. We've also echoed the famous words of Dave Ramsey. You can change your family tree. You can reproduce the best parts of your family of origin and reject the worst parts. It's not easy, but you can do it. And so some of the things in this series that I learned from my parents are how to work hard and how to lean into generosity. My my parents, they were hard workers and they were generous people and they taught us how to work hard and they taught us how to be generous, even requiring us to tithe when we were kids. They were good at that stuff. But living on a budget, living beneath their means, leaving a financial legacy, well, those weren't their strengths. I do think they left an incredible legacy of faith in God and a family commitment, and and I'm thankful for that, but the, the financial piece was a mixed bag. Hard workers, generous people, yes, but good financial planners, savers and investors, no. And when my dad passed away in 2012, he was completely out of money. In fact, it was about six months before he passed away that that he said he was in need of money. And, And if we, if his kids didn't want him to do a quick sell of our family farm for pennies on the dollar for fast cash, then we needed to come up with some money to help him. And that made for some difficult conversations. And I, and I can understand some of that. I can't imagine how hard and humbling it was for him to have to tell his kids that he was out of money, to ask each of us four kids to write him some big checks to take him through his final days. 
And I can tell you for sure it made for some major family discomfort and some strained family relationships. And it felt, honestly, it felt kind of like a threat. Like, write me some big checks or I'm gonna cash out your inheritance. That was tough. My parents certainly had some flaws. They were by no means perfect And they were also great parents in many ways as well. They loved the Lord. They raised us to love the Lord. I'm blessed to have them as my family of origin. There's a lot of things about them that that I want to reproduce in me and, and in my kids. But running out of money at the end of my life is not one of them. You see, I don't just want to leave a faith legacy that outlives me. I also want to leave a financial legacy that outlives me. And that brings us to the final big idea in in the final sermon for this series, and it's this. Winning with money isn't about being wealthy. Winning with money is not about being wealthy. It's about leaving a legacy that outlives our lives. Now, how many of you, just if, if you're willing to do a show of hands, how many of you wish you could be financially independent for life? Like, yeah, everybody in the room, right? Or, or just, let's just say it like this, don't want to put a financial burden on your kids in your last days. Or, or don't want your relationships or their relationships to be strained. And how, how many of you would like to leave an inheritance for your children, you know what? Forget the kids. <laughs> what about the grandkids? That'd be even better, right? What if you could pay for your grandkids' college? How cool would that be? What if you could leave something behind for your kids and for your grandkids and for your home church and for a charity that you're passionate about? I promise you those questions are a lot more fun to answer than how do I pay for my prescriptions? Or how are my kids going to come up with $10,000 to pay for my funeral expenses? So how do we leave a financial legacy that outlives our lives? I want to give you four things, and they all come from the book of Proverbs. Four things as we close out this series. Number one. Don't do life or legacy alone. Don't do life or legacy alone. We talk about financial independence. We are not talking about isolation or aloneness. To say I want to be financially independent does not mean that I want to be alone. It doesn't mean that I don't want or need people in my life. What it means is I don't want my sons fighting with their wives over how much money they can afford to take out of their life to support my life. What it means is I don't want my daughter fighting with her husband over how much money they can afford to take out of their budget to pay my medical bills. Do I want my kids around me? Yes, absolutely. Will I want my grandkids around when that time comes? Yes, absolutely. Do I want my son's help in changing the brakes on my car when I'm 75 years old? The answer is yes, not because I can't afford to do it myself, not because I can't do it myself, but because I'm gonna want quality time with my sons. Financial independence doesn't mean isolation or aloneness. 
Don't do life or legacy alone. Proverbs 15.22 says this. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. If you want to win with money, if you want to leave a financial legacy, you cannot do it alone. In fact, there are, there are three groups that are absolutely necessary to winning with money and leaving a financial legacy, and those groups are you and your spouse, you and your kids, and you and a financial planner. You and your spouse, first and foremost, have to be on the same page. You have to share the same goals. You have to have the same values. You, you need the same financial habits because if you're doing one thing and your spouse is doing another, it won't work. But it's not just you and your spouse, it's also you and your kids. You and your kids need to be having financial conversations really with them from an early age. And, and you need to be talking about things, not just like, like how to manage the money that you have and what you're doing with the money you have, but you also need to be talking about long-term plans and long-term planning. And, and as they get older, and especially as they become adults, they need to know your dreams and your wishes and your desires. And so you need your spouse and you need your, your family, your kids, but you also need to work with the financial planner. Plans fail for lack of counsel, Solomon says, but with many advisors, they succeed. You need sound financial advice and coaching from a professional financial planner. It's about 15 years ago that Janice and I finally got out of, out of all the, the debt that we'd amassed early in our marriage and early in our adult life. And, and 15 years ago, we were like, okay, we've got all this debt paid off, and now, now we got to get started on our retirement. And, and I knew we needed to get started with saving and investing. And the truth is, I had no idea where to go. And so I just called up my bank, and, and I asked them, and they said, well, we have a financial planner in-house, and it didn't cost anything. And so Janice and I set up an appointment with him. And, and I gotta tell you, it wasn't fun. Like, when he saw how little money Janice and I had to invest, like we come for this investment conversation, he's like, well, how much money do you have to start with? And I'm like, $300. And he really didn't seem that interested in talking to us. <laughs> and it was, honestly, it was embarrassing. But he did his job. And he helped us set up some retirement and investment accounts. And today we're making some progress toward having retirement funds waiting on us 20 years from now. And you say, was it easy? No, it was not easy. Just even engaging in the conversation brought anxiety. Was it important? Absolutely. Financial independence doesn't mean you're alone on the journey. In fact, it's just the opposite you won't achieve financial independence alone, independence alone. You need your spouse and your kids and even a professional planner with you on the journey. You can't do life and legacy alone. That's number one. Here's number two. Do not spend every penny that you have. Don't spend every penny that you have. And by the way, that is a major problem in our consumer culture, would you agree? In fact, I just thought, you know what, thinking about this debt, looking up where are we as a society, I, I did some research and I found out that as of January 1st, and this is just our government, this is not your, your debt and my debt and all, you know, all the other stuff, but this is just our federal government over the years has spent $32 trillion more than they have earned. 
as of January 1st, our government is $32 trillion in debt. Say debt is bad. Yeah, debt is bad, but deficit is even worse than debt. So debt is what you owe. Deficit is how much more you spend than what you take in. So I looked at that. In 2022, our federal government spent $2 trillion more than they received in revenue. Now, I just want you to know, this is not a political statement. I don't do those. But it is an illustration. And it's a, it's a, it's a macrocosm of a problem with spending we have in our society. Because the thing is, if you have debt, you can pay it off. But if you have deficits, you can't pay anything off. You're just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper every single day. Proverbs 21.20 says this, the wise store up, store up. Today that would probably say save. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools spend everything they have. They gulp theirs down. Solomon says, fools gulp down their stores of food. Today, I think he'd say, it's foolish to spend everything you have. Number three, develop a brick by brick mentality. Brick by brick. So here's the thing. I'd say here's the problem. Winning with money and leaving a legacy is a slow cooking endeavor in a microwave culture. Have anyone in the audience or watching online who likes to cook? Any cook? Anybody likes to cook? Leaving a legacy is a crock pot endeavor in a microwave culture. Some of you are like, crock pot? What are y'all talking about? How many of you like to smoke meat? Got some guys in the room who love to smoke meat. Maybe you're listening on the radio today. Winning with money and leaving a legacy is like smoking a brisket in a culture that likes to grill hot dogs. Are you with me today? Do you hear what I'm trying to say? It takes 12 hours to smoke a brisket. It takes 12 seconds to grill a hot dog. And there are way too many people settling for hot dogs. It's like building big buildings. I love to build. I love to see buildings going up. My dad was a builder. My grandpa was a builder. My uncle was a builder. My sister is a builder. Love to see buildings going up. And some of the most exciting times in my ministry life happened when I got to lead two major church building efforts totaling about $10 million in value. And it's just fun to see, to see buildings going up. But there are several ways that you can build buildings, and especially big buildings. Sometimes you, you pre-manufacture the entire wall. You bring it in on a truck. You set it in place with a crane. And, of course, that's how they do big warehouses. That's how they do retail shopping centers. Like, they have all four walls. They ship them in. They put them all up. And one day, you got wall one, wall two, wall three, wall four, and they're done. And they go up quick, and they aren't very pretty and they aren't very artistic, and they aren't very creative, but they go up fast, and that's what we want to happen with money. We wanna, we wanna microwave it. We wanna grill it like a hot dog. We want the pre-manufactured walls set in place so the house can go up overnight, but that's not how money works. That's not 
how we win with money. That's certainly not how to leave a legacy. It's more of a brick by brick mentality. One brick at a time over time makes for a big, beautiful, stable, strong home. Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money, what's that phrase? Little by little, little by little. Whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Little by little, smoking the brisket, using the crock pot, brick by brick, We're not microwaving popcorn or grilling hot dogs. We are leaving a legacy for our children and for our grandchildren, for the people and the causes we care about. And that's number four. Do lasting things for the people and for the causes that you care about. That's what a legacy is. Merriam-Webster defines legacy as a gift by will especially of money or other personal property, something transmitted or received from a predecessor or for the past relating to, associated with, or carried over from an earlier time. Legacy. Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children and for their grandchildren and for the causes they care about. That's legacy. Let me share several ways that, that you can leave a legacy with the, the causes and the people you care about. Well, first of all, you can teach your kids the best way to financial independence. And that's what we've been talking about this, in this entire series And one of the best ways to financial independence is to invest small amounts of money over time, over their entire working life, and not touch it until they retire. In fact, if your child will start investing $100 a month from their 18th birthday until their 65th birthday in the stock market, based on past performance, they will retire with more than a million dollars. It's the easiest way to a million dollars. And I have proud to say I'm an 18-year-old son who's already doing that very thing. You can also start investing on on their behalf. Maybe you won't have a million dollars to leave your kids or your grandkids, but but you you can start investing now on their behalf. Grandparents, sometimes you're always thinking at Christmas, man, what am I gonna get my kids, my grandkids? Like, I don't know what they want. What they want, they're not, what I get them, they're not gonna like, right? This is a great legacy gift idea. And so what I did just this week, I reached out to three of my friends who are financial planners because plans fail for lack of counsel and with many advisors, they succeed, right? And so I reached out to three of my friends, different financial planning companies, asked them some of the best ways to invest on behalf of your kids and your grandkids. And they sent me several notes. They mentioned tools like 529 accounts to pay for future education and irrevocable life insurance trusts that take care of your beneficiaries before they take care of your estate and custodial investing accounts that transfers to minors once they come of age. There are lots of opportunities out there for you, you just gotta decide to do them and look into them. Those are just some of the things you can do for the people you care about. What about the causes you care about? I'm sure many of you care about 
our church, about FCC. I'm sure many of you care about our church's finances and the, the reality is our church is growing and our needs are growing and our ministries are growing and our budget is growing and, and uh, we need our giving to grow as well to meet the need. One way you can make a difference here at FCC is to go on our website, set up automatic online giving, something I asked all of you last week, and I hope you've been able to do that already, but the reason I ask that is because those who study church health say the healthiest churches in today's climate, at least those that are financially healthy, are ones where 50% of their more of their income is given through electronic recurring donations. And we're not there yet. But that's something I would love to see happen at FCC. You can leave a spiritual legacy for your church by setting up automatic donations and regularly giving to the ministries of your church. And so these are just four keys to long-term legacy building from the book of Proverbs, from the wisdom of King Solomon. Don't do life or legacy alone. Don't spend every penny you have. Develop a brick-by-brick mentality and then do lasting things for the people and the causes you care about. But just real quickly, I wanna share a couple more, and these are just some real practical things that we need, and I'm not saying they come from the wisdom of of Solomon, but this just comes from the wisdom of, of living in the world and the day and the culture we live in. So a couple of things that we need to do to prepare for the future and leave a financial legacy. We need insurance. We need insurance for our day of disaster. We've faced some disasters lately, have we not? Thankfully, when it was all said and done, my household had about ten dollars to $11,000 of damage due to Hurricane Ian. And so we were in much better shape than so many of you who suffered so much more. But several years ago, uh, we completely totaled our Dodge Grand Caravan. And thankfully, we had insurance. Thankfully, we had full coverage. If we didn't, we would have been in trouble As it were, we received a payout that paid about half the cost of the Toyota we replaced it with, we purchased to replace it. But here's what we know for sure. And this is, and not not to be dark, but this is just kind of the reality and, and sometimes you might even say the harsh reality and that is everybody has some good days and everybody has some bad days, yes? That's human. But also this, everyone eventually experiences disastrous days. And that's what insurance is for. It's for our day of disaster. Whether it's life, medical, home, car, whatever it is, we need those things at the very least. We need insurance for our day of disaster. We also need savings for our immediate future. Janice and I put regular money away into what you might call an emergency fund. And this was several years ago, but it was just in one month, in a span of one month, Two major things happened to us, two unexpected major things. One was we totaled our minivan, just mentioned that. But the other thing was our furnace died. And it was one of those moments when back to back, and we're like, God, you know, like all at once, really? And by the way, it was in Illinois. We lived in Northern Illinois. It was the dead of winter. It's not like we'd say, well, we'll replace, you know, the furnace in a few months. And so guess what we had to do? We had to take half of the money that we had saved money that we had saved for years and years and years. We had to take half of it out of that emergency fund and it was horrible. It was a terrible experience. Half of what we'd saved for years was gone in a month and and it was painful. But the thing is, it was the good kind of painful. And some pain is good. 
pain from exercise, pain from a hard day's work. It was painful, but it was good because we didn't have to beg, borrow, or barter to make ends meet. The resources were there. We also need investments for long-term independence. 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, there's a lot of other stuff as well. Our church is a, is a financial partner with Christian Financial Resources. You can invest with them and they'll use your investment to fund ministry around the country. They'll pay you a rate return on those investments. I use several of these investment tools because I don't want my kids to be financially burdened someday because I didn't plan well today. And so we need to be investing something every single month. And if we say, well, we can't afford to, then we need to change our lifestyle so we can. Cheaper cars, downsized house, cancel some of our streaming and subscription services, whatever it takes. It's gonna be either pain now or pain later. Choose now. And then last but not least, we need to record our wishes in a legal document. We need a will or a trust or something that ensures our wishes are followed. And I, I promise you, and this comes not only from personal experience, but from years of counseling families in crisis. If you don't have documents, it will divide your family. So record your legal wishes in a legal document. I'll close an old story. It's about three bricklayers. Once upon a time, there was a traveler and he came upon three men working. They were bricklayers and they were mixing mortar and they were handling trowels and they were sweating and they were toiling and they were working. But this traveler was, was intrigued by what they were doing and he watched and he, and, and he stopped and he wondered what exactly they were building. And so he asked the first man, he walks up to the first bricklayer and he says, he says, he says what are you doing? And the guy kind of looks at him and makes a face and shrugs his shoulder and says, I'm laying bricks. What does it look like I'm doing? And so he thought, okay, I'll move on. And, and uh, he moved on to the next guy and he asked the same question and the guy looked at him and said, we're obviously we're, we're putting up walls and these were not satisfactory answers. And so when he got to the third man, he asked him what he was doing and the third man said, we're building a magnificent cathedral. The things we're talking about today not spending every penny we have and adopting a brick by brick mentality and putting an extra $100 a month away for a rainy day, setting up automatic online giving. It's easy to think that these are just little things that, that we're talking about. They're really not important. Why do we have to talk about them in church? Things like laying bricks or putting up walls. You know what we're really doing? We are building a magnificent cathedral a legacy that will bless the people and the causes we care about for years and years to come. That's how we win with money. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the ways you blessed us. You've been so, so good to us. You've loved us so much that you gave us your one and only son, gave sacrificially, generously, benevolently, you gave your son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, 
but have everlasting life. God, thank you. We are so thankful for you. We're so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful for each other and for this church. We are so very thankful for our many blessings. We pray in gratitude in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.